As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important, and our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. What's up, guys? Welcome in to the DMVR Nuggets podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Uh, Davidson's has two locations, one in Highlands Ranch, one in Centennial. Uh, make sure to hit them up this week. Harrison Wint here along with Brendan Vote on the other line. Shortly after this latest Nuggets win, Denver beats Phoenix tonight, 116-104. It was ugly. It wasn't pretty uh, aside from a second-half spurt from the Nuggets bench, Denver looked, you know, not like they had much energy tonight, uh, but the Denver was able to get this win and just, you know, keep piling up win, wins here in the early part of the season. What was your biggest takeaway from this one? Well, we had a 12-man rotation, so that was interesting. Uh, Malik Beasley popped up, and so we had Juancho Hernan Gomez, Michael Porter Jr., Malik Beasley, and Torrey Craig all in this game, Harrison, as Malone continues to tinker with that second unit and find the right combination. Uh, but he found something in that second half and the bench found their way. And I think without it, they probably lose this game. They, they might lose this game. Yeah. Without that run from the bench unit, it was a weird vibe in Pepsi center tonight. I felt like that from really the opening tip and you know Denver just kind of looks sloppy. Their recipe for success really this entire year, just because the bench has been so up and down uh, has been just really solid amazing play from their starters and like the nugget starters were okay tonight but not up to the level that they normally were and that kind of allowed phoenix to stay with it because the bench was not good in the first half but yeah the nuggets found something in their second unit in the second half there and that run that they went on at the beginning of the fourth quarter that was really what separated things but I would say the randomness of Michael Malone's bench rotation tonight was pretty symbolic of just where Denver's second unit is at. Because, I mean, he played all his cards tonight. Uh, Torrey Craig for a minute in uh, the first half. Porter, who uh, had a big stint in the first half and didn't play in the second half. And then Wancho, who was in and out. And then, yeah, Beasley. It's coming out of nowhere. No, Beasley from... Uh, from the sideline where he was like banished for these last couple of weeks to it, totally change the game. It was nuts. Have we ruled out that Malone's not doing this on purpose? Just holding guys out so they come off with a fire off the bench. This oh. is like the third resurrection from out of the rotation this season. Uh, it's been weird, man. It's, I don't know how those guys are supposed to find a rhythm. And we've gone from a declared 10-man rotation to like a four-guy bullpen. It's like they have lefty specialists, dude. Yeah, is Tory Craig like the lefty specialist yes, that you only exact, play exact. against certain lineups? <laughs> yeah, you bring him in to shut down Freddie Freeman. That's pretty <laughs> much it. Yeah, um, maybe like Wancho's your your long reliever, and then uh, Porter's like the guy you're bringing up from AAA that you don't want to play too many minutes. <laughs> yeah, he's got a he throws a hundred and two, but you don't trust his arm yet. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to start his major league clock quite yet. No, not yet. Yeah, it's been weird, man. I don't know. I, 
he's getting something out of these guys, these guys in particular that we're talking about. Um, but I just can't imagine it's it's any kind of easy to find a rhythm for those four guys, but also the second unit entirely. I mean, they're just going to do what they're told, right? As players, they're going to respond to their coach, but it's it's to the point where you're not even sure who you're going to be playing with night to night, minute to minute, and, and I'm sure it's difficult to kind of find a rhythm that way. Well, I think Monte actually said this tonight, but um, he, he said that might be one of the reasons why they haven't found that same rhythm as last year, because they're playing so many different lineups, and Right. Yeah, I, I can honestly see that. But um, it felt like musical chairs tonight, t- to be honest. And yep. Did Mo- Tory Craig Harrison, didn't he come in for a minute in the second quarter? And then yeah. He was pulled? Yeah, I think Malone said after the game that he wanted to match up on Devin Booker because he wanted to have Gary Harris and Tory Craig either on Devin Booker for, for most of the night. And, and Denver did a really good job on Devin Booker. They held him yeah. to yeah. five of 13 shooting one of seven from three for just 12 points after the game. Gary Harris is talking with the media and Tory Craig and Jamal Murray are like cat calling him from across the locker room, like yelling first, first team. team while Gary is talking with the media. That was a cool moment. Um, but what I was going to say though, Malone is a coach and I think most coaches are this way, and I think it's the right approach. You want your guys to have super defined roles. You want your starters to know when they're going to play and how many minutes they're going to play a night. Same thing with your bench. Last season, they had a very defined role, really everybody on this roster, even the bench. And part of that was because there were so many injuries and they were kind of thrust into more defined roles. Also because they were playing really well. But this year has been, you know, the total opposite. And my, my big takeaway from tonight, I think, is that it's kind of been like next man up mentality. One game, it's Wancho. One game, it's Tory Craig. Tonight, maybe Malik was that guy who kind of changed the game the most. But it's a solution that's working now. It's not a long-term solution, though. Sooner or later, you know, the Nuggets are going to have to pick their guys and just roll with, you know, their nine or ten guys that they decide on. And it's not like you're never really going to play you know, 10, 11, 12 guys in the playoffs or, or all five guys together, really. You got to figure out, though, who the two to three guys are that you're rolling with, right, come postseason and how they work into that rotation, that tighter rotation. Right now, it seems like um, they don't even know how to figure out 10 to 12. So I, you're right. That can't last all season, you know, but for now, I, it, it's strange, man. It's like balancing coaching to win these games now versus figuring out your identity long term. And when you're a team with big aspirations like Denver, you know, that latter, that latter thing's important. And and so it's a really, really tough job for Malone this season for more than one reason. Yeah, it's almost like a first world problem, really, because <laughs> Nuggets, what are they now? 12, 12 and 3? Yeah. Yep. Starters are blowing the doors off everybody. Uh, they've got this date with the Lakers next week for what could be the number one spot in the West. And, you know, things are going well. They're playing like B, B minus basketball, I still think, generally. Uh, but they still have to figure out this bench. It is good, though, that this problem is happening at the beginning of the season, I guess, as opposed to later. There's a lot of time to figure this thing out. And you take solace in the fact that the starters are whipping. And that's that's what matters most, right? That's what's going to matter most come postseason. Yeah, you do got to figure this bench thing out. But the foundation here is that that starting five, they're great together. And, and so those are the good problems to have. That's what you want to be figuring out across 82. So yeah, Malik Beasley kind of inserted himself into this thing now, or I guess, I mean, technically Malone inserted him, but now Beasley is in this rotation at the two, 
and at the three even on this bench unit. He's just another guy the Nuggets have to figure out they're going to give minutes. Do you think he's in this rotation now Man. Uh, going Man, forward? Because he just comes off the you. bench tonight, <laughs> comes off the bench tonight <laughs> in 10 and a half minutes, knocks in both of his three-point attempts, <laughs> picks up a couple of assists, had a couple turnovers, but I think we can chalk that up to him just not playing for this last month, pretty much. Yeah, uh, finishes sure. with six points. He was a plus six. The Nuggets have not been a good three-point shooting team this year. Malik Beasley might be the best shooter on this roster. Is he in this rotation now? Man, Wancho waited patiently, got his shot, took advantage of it. Malone's rewarded him with more time. Craig then had to wait patiently, got his shot, took advantage of it, was back in there. Um, and and so is that gonna, is that the same now for Malik, who did play well? And it should be noted that his early season struggles, that was part of that hockey rotation second unit where everyone was struggling, not just Malik. And he hasn't gotten the benefit of, of I guess, this new substitution pattern or lack thereof. Um, and so that that needs to be taken into consideration. I think so, man. We're trying to figure out how the second unit scores points. They have a 40-plus percent three-point shooter just chilling on the end of the bench. I think he needs to be in there. I agree. I think he should be in there. I think he is going to be in there. And uh, I think he, what Malik Beasley brings, the combination of shooting, athleticism, energy... I really do believe deep down that the Nuggets have missed his presence on the bench this year. He was so good last year. People have already forgotten just how good Malik Beasley was last year. And, you know, it seemed like he had a pretty hectic summer, you know, like fighting yeah. Sua Cravens. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of bubbled over into this year. He got sick and, and that kind of, you know, killed maybe what other whatever little rhythm he had at that point um but they're missing that bench has been missing the Malik Beasley element so I think he is probably going to be in the rotation uh, at least in the interim until like the next event happens whatever that may be Uh, but yeah just I would not want to be Michael Malone right now having to find out and and decide who's getting minutes and who's not getting minutes I I was just gonna say I would not want to be Michael Porter Jr. right now I think if Beasley's reintroduced into this you're looking at less minutes uh, I think even less minutes for Porter Uh, you know it should be be noted that I have no idea I don't know why Beasley was out outside of the illness and, and the poor timing it should be noted that there's a vibe around Beasley's season he has been fairly isolated haven't always seen him with teammates talking to teammates like we have in the past Kind of seemed like he's been doing his own thing. Uh, and you can't really blame him with RFA looming and, of course, not being out of the rotation. But everyone in the locker room said tonight that they weren't shocked, but they were impressed by Beasley's patience and professionalism throughout this stretch. And he took advantage of his chance tonight. So I, th- I think he's back in there. Um, I'm just running the math here. I don't know how that who that leaves minutes with, right? I mean, I don't know if Michael Porter Jr. gets his dialed back, if it's going to be a, a situational thing night to night. Um, but I think he's going to have to play Malik. Yeah, I think Porter is probably the guy who gets cut. And um, I think Malone will still try to look for places to play him. But um, he, he seems like the natural guy to get cut. It's tough to cut Wancho's minutes because he's just been really good ever since he's been back in this thing. And I, I do – it does seem like the Nuggets also view Tori as a situational type player as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I feel like that's his role. But yeah, I feel like Porter might be the guy who gets cut as 
tough as that is to believe. During that Sorry. preseason, it, it felt like this was going to be, you know, as far as the Nuggets' success, it was always going to be the year of Jamal Murray. But as far as our jobs as media members and storytellers, it looked like it was going to be the year of MPJ. Um, pretty startling, man, in hindsight, like how little he's factored into this 12-3 and 3 start. Right. I, I probably was speculating and just kind of like hypothesizing that there would probably be, probably be an injury that, that had already happened, and, and that would be why MPJ would get his first taste of minutes. Right, right, that, yeah. Especially based on last year, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, My last thing on the bench here, another reason why I think Beasley should be in this thing going forward, the trio of Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant, Monte Morris, those are the Nuggets' three most played bench guys, right? Mm. And... The Nuggets have been awful with those three on the floor together. Negative 6.8 net rating in the 179 minutes that Plumlee, Grant, and Morris have played together. I think a reason why that lineup hasn't worked offensively is because there's not great spacing right now with Plumlee and with Jeremy Grant, who in theory, looking at his stats last year, should bring you pretty good spacing with his 39% three-point shooting. He has not been a consistent threat from three-point range. Defenses aren't playing him like he's a threat from three. But with Beasley, you know, that opens things up a little little bit more. I would agree with that. I think his shooting opens things up big time. And I think maybe you'll see Grant improve from three-point shooting as his job isn't to space for that unit as the primary spacer or shooter. And maybe he can find some more threes from the corner, from the rhythm of the offense. But yeah, it should be Malik out there who, look, if you're a defense, you can't leave Malik open behind the arc. So that should change things, open things up for them. You've said, you know, for the last couple of weeks that you feel like this bench is missing Beasley. And, and I agree with you. So it's it was nice to see him back in there. But I don't know. I mean, Michael Malone's head probably already hurts, dude. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what I've got in my hand right now? Is it a Breck brew? <laughs> it's a Breck brew. It's not any Breck brew. It's a freaking strawberry sky. Uh, do, do you know what I have in my hand right now? <laughs> what do you have? It's a Breck brew. It's an autumn ale. And I'm loving nice. every second of it. Nice. Yeah, we talk about Breck Brew on this podcast all the time, guys. I legitimately, and like, I'm not a huge beer person. Like, I'm not that true Colorado IPA guy till I die. But um, Breck, Breck Brew, honestly, they have not made a beer that I haven't liked. Like, like everything up and down their rotation, Strawberry Sky, Hot Peak, I, like, I, I like them all. Dude, when I found out we were going to have to do, like, live pod reads for this, you know, I've never done one before. I was like, I wasn't sure how comfortable I'd be, like, selling a product I'm not familiar with. Thank God for this Breck Brew read because I'm all the way behind it. I love their beer. I love what they're doing. Their compound's worth checking out. I think they're becoming a a big part of Denver culture, and so I love working with them. Right, yeah. I feel like our core values align with Breck Brewery. They are Colorado. We are Denver. But um. Yeah, Strawberry Sky, one of my favorites from Breck Brew. Check it out. And before we move on, a lot more to get to from this game. You guys may or may not have, may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience a pretty rough hangover after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, this video is worth checking out on Facebook on the DNVR Broncos site. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. 
Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app, request a skilled IV drip, and sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 to save 20% off your first IV drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's code HYD20 to save 20%. I think one of my favorite parts of the live pod, Brendan, and thanks to all you guys who came out for our first live show at Blake Street Tavern last week. That was so fun. Too uh, but, fun, man. But we'll Too be fun. doing, uh, yeah, we'll be doing one a month. So uh, there's a lot more chances to come out. When somebody just randomly shouted out Vita Mobile IV during the <laughs> recording, <laughs> that was awesome. I don't even remember the context, but somebody shouted out Vita Mobile IV. <laughs> Our fans know us well. Hey, yeah. man, they get these as reads five times a week, so they should know them by the back of their hand by now. Right. Yeah, so, so outside of the uh, run from the bench, and the starters kind of kept that momentum going when they were subbed into this one to relieve the bench late in the fourth. But this was a pretty blah night from, you know, the starters and just really everybody up until that run. But I mean, some guys had good games. Will Barton, I thought played really well. Paul yep. Millsap had some moments. Jamal Murray kind of carried them in the first half. Well, who else kind of just stuck out to you? Yeah. I mean, I really think you hit on the three guys, you know, Gary was spectacular defensively, of course. Uh, but yeah, I thought Barton Millsap really kept them afloat in that first quarter. Uh, that Denver's offense wasn't, there was really nothing there. And we've seen multiple times this year that when the ball isn't popping the way they like, more often than not, they view Millsap as a mismatch offensively. Tonight, that was against Sarge or, and or Kaminsky third, And they're letting him just work one-on-one. I think it was 12 points in the first seven and a half minutes for him. And that kept them afloat. Um, but mostly, man, I just thought they lacked energy and urgency. Barton said after the game that he wasn't thrilled with his own performance in the first half. Not so much how he was playing, but the energy he wasn't bringing. And of course, in that third quarter, man, he changed the game, um, you know, by bringing it really on both ends of the court. So I didn't think the offense was like, it wasn't like they were doing anything wrong. It just seemed like a bunch of guys that were going through the motions and expecting a win against a reeling Phoenix team. Yeah, the starters numbers look good, mainly because of that late fourth quarter run too. Right, Um, yeah. But yeah, Barton, yeah, that that was a, a good point about Barton. He let loose or or everybody was talking about in the locker room how he told the team at halftime that he was going to come out and kind of take over in the second half first off that's exactly what he did and second off that's like the most believable story ever the (laughs) most will barton anecdote for sure very positive that's (laughs) exactly what happened 12 points in the third quarter for him um i'm not sure if this is right nba advanced stats is showing he played 12 minutes in the third i don't think i don't remember that being the case but 12 points for him um, three rebounds, one of them coming on the offensive end where he almost hit his head on the rim. He was so high up there. He is bringing it and playing as hard as anyone. And we've talked so much in these last three years about Denver playing up and down to their competition. They were playing down tonight. They were just kind of, I think, walking through, sleepwalking through the motions. And kudos to Barton for recognizing that and just taking it upon himself. He wasn't like, hey guys, we have to be better. He controlled what he can control, which is his own energy, and he led by example. Yeah, exactly. He had a couple really nice rebounds, eight of them, five on the offensive glass, yeah, like you said. And he shot 8-18 from the field, but 
he had five a of be- seven from three though. Yeah. Yeah. He had a better night than that because he missed probably five or six layups in this one. <laughs> so yeah. he had a much better night than that shooting. He was awesome, man. He, he and Millsap, I think have been their two best play. I mean, Jokic is always going to be their most impactful player, even when he's not bringing it just in terms of what he does to opposing defenses and their game plans, et cetera. But in terms of effort and, and productivity, I mean, no one's been better than Millsap or Barton. And those two guys were really the reason they won tonight. Right. Yeah. Paul Millsap, you touched on it, but um, he is the guy the Nuggets go to most often, or, or it definitely seems like they go to him most often when the offense is breaking down. And look, where the power forward position is at in the NBA, and like you've got Dario Sart starting a power forward for the Suns tonight, and, and backing him up is like, you know, too easy for yeah it's always you can always look at that and say oh paul has a pretty good matchup here and i think that's how the nuggets look at it and yeah they just let him go to work a lot but um yeah the the defense overall in the first half denver came into this game as the number two ranked defense in the league and uh phoenix kind of got got some pretty good looks off some some healthy offense in the first half dario sarge was out there looking like paul out Millsap, of his mind. looking like paul Millsap from three-point range yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah um, Millsap is yeah. you know what's funny man is he's he's not great at generating good shots but god is he good at hitting tough ones yeah that's what he does he <laughs> has made those shots and gotten to the line like that throughout his entire career and he knows what he's doing on the block um, there was another development tonight in the starters that I wanted to... This is more of a big picture thing than than its impact on tonight's result. Jamal Murray, uh, 15 from 36 from three over his last four. Adam Mata has just tweeted that out. So that's, mm. a, that's nine attempts per game, which would be up from 5.1 that he averaged through the first 11 games of the season. It's to the point where when he's launching those threes, man, when guys go under or just kind of get swallowed in screens... You don't even care if they go in because that's the right shot. That's the shot Murray needs to be taking. And he's a capable shooter. I think he's so comfortable in mid-range that he's forgotten at times that he's deadly and capable of making them pay. And I think it's just going to open things up for Denver's offense. And and you pointed out, you pointed this out, he was low-key excellent in that first half. It was just kind of like marred by an overall underwhelming performance by the team. Yeah, he carried them scoring-wise in the first half, and it was just kind of one of those nights where, all right, Jamal's got to go, and we're just going to give Jamal the ball and get out of his way a little bit. And that might have been what kind of killed the overall flow of Denver's offense Mm. at times tonight, too, because they were just letting him do everything. But to your point, Jamal Murray and Mike Mullen talk a lot. They have a lot of conversations. They have a really healthy relationship. They go back and forth with one another on the court, you know, in the locker room, too. You know, they have a really healthy relationship, and they talk about it a lot. I can guarantee you that Mike Malone has talked with Jamal Murray about taking more threes. Yep. And uh, it definitely seems like there's a concerted effort from Jamal Murray to take more threes, particularly the ones where he's coming off a high ball screen and just has that sliver of space to pull up at the three-point line and let it fly because he's definitely taking more of those now than he was at the beginning of the year. It's huge. It's huge for them. It's one of the big steps in him making that leap. You know, it was never like, wow, how many points can he score in one game? It was always going to be about the defense, the other areas of his game, rebounding, passing, and then shot profile. And so there's really nothing more encouraging than I think Malone actually did say, Harrison, that he had that conversation with Murray. And, mm-hmm. and Murray 
I think that was before the Memphis game. Um, and Murray's looked at great since in terms of his shot selection. So that's a significant development, I think. Yeah, and it's tough to it, to train your body to take those shots because you know, really, for most of his career, he's been coming around that screen and you know, getting to his spots in the mid range. But you know, you can tell he's trying to you know get more comfortable pulling up right. and taking those. But it needs to be. It's still not to the point where it's where it's supernatural, right? You can tell he's thinking about it. Sometimes his footwork is off because his first inclination was to drive, and then he realizes he should probably shoot. You know, there are a lot of guards in the modern NBA for whom that is the most natural shot in their repertoire. So he's got to get to that point, uh, but he's been great, and, and that's an, an encouraging sign for Denver. Yeah, like I said, he really carried that scoring load in the first half, and then... Yeah, Denver got some other guys going, too. What do you think of Nikola Jokic's night? I actually didn't think much about it. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's fair. He was uh, very, like, secondary the whole night. Eight rebound, uh, eight points, 13 rebounds, five assists. I thought he could have looked to score a little more tonight. Uh, you know, he was a little content, I think, to let Murray cook in that first half when, as you mentioned, that was actually kind of pulling them away from the way they like to play. At no point in this game was Jokic really, like, taking over or, you know, an integral part of, like, a massive swing in the game. Uh, so so a pretty passive night from him. But look, man, I mean, just having him out there changes everything for everyone else. And there's really no such thing as a bad game for Jokic, even when he scores eight points. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was a pretty mediocre game for him. It didn't really seem like he was in the flow of the game to engage tonight, to be honest. Not like he I, was, I was against worried. Boston or Houston. Yeah, I agree. I was worried in that second quarter that he might check out as it started to slip away from them, mostly because they weren't playing the right way, and we know what that kind of does to his mood. Um, but, yeah, so I think they survived an off night from Jokic. Yeah, um, I think they definitely did. It's interesting because... In an effort to get this bench playing better, Malone has talked about this a lot, you know, and he has openly said, maybe I need to stagger, you know, some of my starters more with my bench and, uh, you know, have one of our leading guys. And that's either going to be Jokic or, or Murray, I feel like, play with that bench unit. You know, he said that's something he's thought about and maybe he needs to do, but I don't know. It seems like we're not seeing that as much as I thought we would, to be honest. Same. And I think you're... This is what you were just getting at. But yeah, that should mostly include maybe Jokic with the bench. Um, that's one way to get those guys going. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised. Last year, we saw a fair amount of Murray with the bench. And then this year, I thought we'd see a good amount of either him or Jokic. And we have not yet. You know, I still think there is a very good bench lineup out there that features Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant, Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, and a fifth guy. Maybe that's mm. Wancho. Maybe that's MPJ. Maybe that's Jamal Murray at times. I still believe there's a very good lineup out there with those guys, but Denver has not trotted it out yet. Uh, maybe since Malik is back in this thing, we see that. But I, I still think that can be a very good lineup, and you know, we just haven't gotten there yet, maybe. I agree. Another thing I wanted to touch on, unless I'm pulling you away from this point too quickly, another good night from Monte Morris, man. Definitely. And I thought he was really pivotal in that that – uh, really big, played a big role in that pivotal stretch in the second half. Um, and yeah, he is finding his footing. And so if you're looking for signs of life or optimism in that second unit, I think it all starts with Monte. Monte and Mason have been better for me these last few games. 
A big reason why I think Monte Morris has not been the same impact type player he was last year is because he he's had to deal with a big reduction in playing time. He's yeah. playing like 10 to 15 minutes a night right now. And it's not a lot. It's not a lot, especially when Jamal Murray is playing as many minutes as he is and playing really the entire first quarter and then, you know, most of the fourth and, and a lot of the third as well. So I think that's a reason for his kind of struggles to begin the year. But yes, I agree. I think he's slowly rounding into form. Yeah, Kevin Pelton tweeted this out. Monte Morris has scored or assisted 18 points on the last eight possessions. Wow. Like it's suddenly up by 11. So yeah, he he is the key, I think. Um, but but going back to something we hit on earlier, part of unlocking him in those mostly second unit lineups, I think is going to be by giving him more spacing, and that's by putting Beasley out there. And I, I don't know, man. I do think this bench is going to find its way out of this hole eventually. I think it is too. I think it is too. I don't think a trade is the answer with this bench. I think they just need to keep trying to find the right combinations. Eventually it will pop. And part of it, I think, is once you find the right combination, at some point here, they're going to have to stick with a rotation. I do believe that for guys to find their rhythm, underst- have a full understanding of what their role is and and, and who the guys they're going to be sharing the court with are. Mm-hmm. So that's going to have to happen at some point. Piper Electric has been serving the Denver community and the Denver metro area since 1983 through a commitment to customer service and team performance. Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor that you can trust. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the DNVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. I got one more thing I want to say about Porter here because I think it's just a pretty interesting development just with with how many different guys Nuggets are trotting out there at backup small forward that he might be getting his minutes cut a little. I got to tip my hat to Michael Malone for playing Porter against Boston and, you know, maybe even a little in the first half tonight. And we were talking about this pregame, but to play Porter the couple the the game after, the couple days after Torrey Craig had that night against Houston, mm. I thought I, I was surprised he went back to Porter. I thought he would have rolled with Craig. Um, but he went back to Porter and, you know, played him tonight, played him in the first half. Porter finished a minus seven. And then uh, did not go back to him after a team worse minus seven. I, I got to give Mike Malone a little credit here for, you know, maybe he hasn't stayed with Porter as much as we think he should have, but he, he's still giving him chances, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a sign of growth, right? I mean, I, I know he's talked about how this is no longer an 82 game season for Denver, but I think Malone is very much concerned with winning a game at a time. And it goes his, I think it goes against his nature. To play a player who's who's not doing the right things, you know, for the benefit of developing them long time. So I agree with you. I do think that took some guts. And who knows, man, maybe even maybe even a little pressure from upstairs. Maybe they want to see their their young rook playing. But you're right. It it would have been very easy for him to just go right back to Craig. Something that's worked for him in the past. We know he has an affinity for Craig's play style um, and how well Craig how good Craig looks when he is playing well. So I agree with you. A stubborn coach in Michael Malone maybe signs a growth in that regard. Stubborn? You're going to call him stubborn? 
call him, calling him out on the podcast. <laughs> I think that's light. I think that's a nice. I think that's fair to say. He's like, yeah. how about this? He's also one of the five best coaches in the NBA right now. Does that help? Hey, hey, he, he in should case be you're listening, Mike. He should be at the top of every coach that you're about. I would have voted for him last year if I had a vote. I didn't think it was a travesty that he lost last year, but I thought he was very much deserving of that award. I mean, I just was basing it off of the fact that, okay, A, this team did not make the playoffs last season. They, you know, finished as a number two seed in the West. B, for most of the year, they had the most injuries in the league. Yeah. (laughs) It was the most surprising record in the NBA by by a lot. Yeah. By a lot. I thought he should have won it last year. I don't know about pressure from upstairs either, but all I know is if I was them, I would want to see Michael Porter Jr. play. As yeah, well. no, I think that's fair. To be clear, <laughs> I don't think that's like a like a controversy. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. I don't know, man. I do think my big takeaway from tonight, though, is that his minutes might be in even more jeopardy than they were just a game ago. And like about Porter tonight. I think, well, first of all, he was the first guy off the bench for the Nuggets. He was the first sub into the game. He was playing with the starters and then playing with the stars and Jeremy Grant. I was like, oh, man, like, look at this. And uh, I don't think he touched the ball for the first four minutes he was in the game for the rest of the first quarter until <laughs> uh, that last possession where he had that dunk. I really do not think I'm going to go. I have to go back and look, but I do it- not think he touched the ball for the first four minutes he was in the game. It was almost like he was a spacing decoy in that lineup. Yeah. It, it did look that way. Yeah. It's 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 weird, man. It's not just that they're not playing him when they are. It's almost like they're making a concerted effort not to force feed him or to go away from him. So I just wonder what's what's going through that kid's head, man. There's a lot of ways, I think, for an individual of his talent, his age, the spot he's in his career to be digesting all of this, interpreting all of this. Um, I wonder where that frustration level is. But this is a really, really good... This is a team that is 12 deep, whether that will be the rotation going forward or not. And it's just it's hard for anyone to get minutes. So this is... <laughs> I, I thought when Porter was drafted by Denver that this was like a great result for him to go to an organization that can sort of take a longer approach, can show him success in the meantime, that can afford to wait for him to get healthy. But now I wonder if this has really been a great thing for his development. Versus had he just been drafted by a bad team and gotten that Trey Young leash. I just wonder where his head's at. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating if, uh, you know, things had worked out differently. And yeah, if he was on a Charlotte right now, you know. Right, right. And I mean, he would, he'd, he'd have whatever leash he wanted, right? Right. He'd probably be the leader in the clubhouse for Rookie of the Year, maybe. Um, I thought actually defensively tonight he wasn't terrible. I, I didn't really see many big mistakes from him defensively. Like Phoenix just got some shots to go when he was on the floor. I agree with that. And, and they've been glaring in, in past games and I did not see them tonight. Yeah. Um, there, there, are still, there are still times on offense where it looks like he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. Oh, for but. sure. There was a time tonight when they came down the floor and he had to run to the other side because they ran down the wrong side. Yep. <laughs> so that's, that's a work in progress. But You got anything else before we get out of here? I'm just glad that game's over. I thought when we got when I first got my credential, I thought I will never take this for granted. But I saw that game, and then I remember a game last season where Cleveland came to town without two of their starters. Oh yeah, and it, it turns Cle- out Harrison the Cleveland game in the snowstorm. In the snow, it turns out you can take a a, a credential for granted. I wanted to go home so bad tonight, so I'm turning this page. Yeah. Oh, another thing. 
talking about the bench, I know we spent a lot of time on the bench here. They got out and ran a lot tonight. And yes, the only way you can really run or something that helps you run more is if you get stops defensively. So that's obviously yeah. a step. But they got out and ran a lot tonight. That is so key, particularly for that bench unit. No, I don't know if you want Jokic like running at a super fast pace all game, but the bench unit, that group needs to run. They did so tonight and played well. And they all have echoed that sentiment after the game that that's when they're at their best. Yeah. And there was an interesting point made in the press lounge before the game tonight by our round table of blog boys and girls about how, you know, even if they're not necessarily, you know, coming out as positives during their stretches on the court, if they can run guys, get into guys, you know, just kind of play their tails off and exhaust the other team, that's a benefit to Denver who's going to roll more often than not once those starters get back in there. So I'm with you. Uh, voracious on D, but run, run, run after you get those stops. That's when they're at their best. All right. I think that's all we got for tonight. Nuggets win 116-104. They're 12-3 on the year. I can't wait for this matchup next week with the Lakers, maybe for the top spot in the West. Uh, but Denver still has another game to get through before that, or another couple. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you guys then. Hey guys, before we get out of here, gotta remind you that Total Beverage is giving the DNVR fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount applying up to $75. Use code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Make sure you download it today. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder, from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products from drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off of your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount applying up to $75. Better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered.